Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. And Monday is upon us, and I wish I could say we had a market with some great profitability. I guess it all depends on which side of the... Uh, a ticket you are. So we're going to look at a variety of factors. We saw the soybeans take another drop once again in the trade. We've got a lot of positioning that's going to take place. No surprise. We have a big report that comes out on Wednesday. A couple of them at that. And then we're going to really look at where are the market's going. How do we move forward? The current pricing that we're at. What are some things that we need to factor in as producers? We're going to get all those details today from Darren Fessler. Darren is with Lakefront Futures. So let's just start out with the with the report come Wednesday, is that part of the reason we're seeing the trade that we saw on a Monday? Yeah, I, I think it's one of one of the reasons. Uh, now, Grant, I'm, I'm going to continue to remind producers, you know, month in, quarter in, major report. Uh, we got to keep in mind here, the funds are long, nearly 1.9 billion uh, bushels of, of corn at the moment. So, so to see some profit taking, uh, it, it, it's not too surprising here. Now, I, I think it's, the report could be one of two things. It could be bullish. It could be bearish because, one, you could have a bearish acreage picture on corn but have a bullish stock picture. I think that's probably how the trade is going to look at it because you look at the spread between May and July. It's really telling you, uh, you know, 15 cent inverse. You look at the basis levels. It's really kind of telling you, well, I don't know if we really have 1.5 billion bushels of corn left on the sideline. So with that being said, how do we react given that we have had some decent moisture coming into the western corn belt and even the eastern over the weekend? We're probably going to be setting up pretty good here headed to spring now. How does the trade view that? Because two months ago, the trade was like, wow, we're probably going to be pretty dry. So I, I think it's one, how does their market, not just Wednesday, what's it do Thursday and into next week? How is that follow through? That follow through is almost as important as the day of the report. So having said all of that, I mean, we're going to see obviously a lot more positioning tonight into tomorrow's trade, knowing that that initial 11 and 30 seconds is going to be a lot of knee-jerk reaction to the trade come Wednesday. Uh, it, it will, yeah. I'm assuming that we're going to have 92.5 to 93 million acres of corn. Uh, I'm kind of skeptical that we're going to get that 90 million acres of beans. Uh, but let's say we don't get 90 million. I think that's really favorable for new crop beans as we go forward here. And anything above, say, 93 and a half, it's probably going to be viewed a little bit bearish. Uh, but keep in mind here, I mean, the, the crop's probably going to get off to a decent start here this spring. But Mother Nature's going to really have the final say here. But I, I think that you look at the supply standpoint and you look at, okay, how much of this demand is actually going to one get on the boat and actually onto the on the, to the Chinese ports here because I still think there is some cancellations coming granted they might not be as much as previously had thought because we had already shipped a lot of beans already but there still could be some cancellations in beans and probably corn too the corn sales are really really good right now it's just the exports are a little little slow compared to what the beans are right now and Brazil right now I, I you know they have a huge bean crop I think that a lot of the early uh, rains that had taken place here that pushed off that safrina corn crop is going to have to be watched closely because that safrina corn crop now is at risk especially if it gets dry in late april and may and they run the risk of an early frost here that could put some 
pressure on some U.S. bean or U.S. corn prices to the upside here. But as of right now, I, I'm looking for a pretty decent start to spring here. So you could see some further pressure here if the numbers come in bearish on Wednesday. You know, folks that uh, don't follow you on Twitter need to do so because you always uh, post some amazing uh, graphs and charts that really kind of explain the craziness that's happening within this market trade. And I, I kind of wanted to pull up the one that you were talking. You labeled it update number seven um, on, the, on the soybeans. <laughs> if that gives folks any idea. But but you look at these charts, and, and if, if a grower out there is looking at your Twitter page, what can you tell them about update number seven and, and the way that chart is going on the screen? Yeah, if, if they're hopping on the my Twitter page at DDF Alpha, uh, I, I give you scenarios. Subscribers to my commentary know I'm, I'm laying out scenarios a week in advance, how I think the trade could potentially go. Obviously, this week we – we, we have some pretty wide ranges in the, in, in the bullish and bearish scenarios that could take place here. But what I'm looking from a technical perspective, this 1378 to 1392, I'm viewing it as a very critical support here on the May beans. And anything below 1378, the, the, the bears are going to gain tremendous uh, control and, and confirm that we're going much lower here, probably to at least 1340. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I like at this point taking a look at the no, uh, the July November bean spread. It did come off well off the lows today. We're still trading about a buck eighty over the November compared uh, with the July, but and that's a spread where we could see old crop bean bushels have a lot of pressure because the Brazilian supply is coming more online now, whereas if you don't get the acres, that's bullish new crop. If you see some cancellations, I don't think they're really cancellations. I think what happens is they get shifted from old crop demand to new crop, which is, again, bullish new crop beans here. But if I'm looking at the update number seven, I'm seeing, okay, the really to negate this downward trend that we've seen over the last few sessions here, we're really going to have to establish gains above 1433 on the main board here. But as we get closer into spring and we know a little bit more about, one, the Argentina crop, which has been suffering because of drought, I I really think that would set the tone up for the bulls. But right now it seems as though the, the markets, the bean market anyway, is getting kind of tired and all this new fresh bullish news hasn't been enough to push this market higher. We got a lot to look at as as we come back, uh, as we head into break. Want to let folks know we're going to talk about a a meeting that Darren had here just less than a week ago. He had a chance to kind of sit down with a great group of producers, kind of get their thoughts and get the feel as to what they're thinking. And as we move forward with the markets, I'm sure they did a lot of picking of his brain as well. We'll talk more about that in part two. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing that conversation with Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. So the opportunity, I think, to sit down, even if it's via Zoom, and have that conversation with producers, what are some things that they kind of keyed in with you that they're looking forward to or are thinking about in this early spring of 2021? You know, I think the, uh, uh, the one of the major questions they had was one about the acres, but more importantly, I think, than that was how much should they be sold right now? Um, last year, obviously, we know it's probably an odd year. We had a massive run-up here into that fall harvest time frame, which is typically 
uh, we don't start, we don't see that seasonally. Uh, but we did last year. Good demand came back. But I'm still telling guys right now is, you know, if you're to that 20, 30 percent sold, whether that be a cash sell, HTA, or hedged on the board, uh, I think those are good levels to be at this point. Uh, you know, it, it obviously we'll evaluate that when we where our crop is during the summer. But I say that on both corn and beans, we are at very very good levels here. Now keep in mind, if one is making an HTA or a cash sale or or however you want to view that sale. You're never out of the market, so I encourage guys is that when we get pullbacks, maybe this is the opportunity to take a look at re-ownership on a little bit of calls or call spreads to keep that upside still open here just for the unknowns of what the production may be. We're still taking advantage of these prices here, but we're allowing ourselves that opportunity to maintain some length into the growing season. So we look at what's happening and, and guys wondering, you know, obviously weather and what's going to finally happen in Brazil with their numbers and dollar and outside market influences are going to have such a huge factor this year. Moving forward, though, they have to have that conversation ahead of time, at least have a game plan and be flexible even before that seed hits the ground. Yeah, having plans in, in, in place is, is, is extremely important here. Um, one of the reasons being is, you know, we're, we're seeing a dollar that just continues to strengthen. Now, granted, I have been bullish the dollar uh, for a while now um, on a bullish breakout in the weekly uh, technicals, but it's kind of going against the, against the, you know, the logical thinking of, well, well we're printing all this money. Uh, you know, why is the dollar strengthening? I think there's multiple reasons about that. One, I think we're starting to see a little bit of cracks that show up in the equity market and probably equity markets around the world. Now, granted, even though we are a lot in debt here and we are printing money uh, hand over fist, if there is concerns in the world markets, I still believe the U.S. dollar is going to be the safe haven. So that in itself is going to have a little bit of impact here on the commodities. Not only that, but it's also putting a lot of pressure against the Brazilian real, the dollar relationship, because the Brazilian real, uh, they are – when we look at our beans, for example, we're about $30 a metric ton more than Brazil. We're the most expensive beans in the world, and Brazil has the supply. So that's some of the reason why I think there could be some cancellation. Not Again, I don't think these cancellations are going to be crazy large, but there could be some ramifications. Even if they're 20, 50, 75 million, it's still going to have maybe some negative impacts on those ending stocks. But the dollar strength is going to have a, a, a little bit of an impact here in the near term. However, the longer term fundamental story of the dollar is certainly bearish. So I'm not looking for a long term strength, just a short term move higher here. I'm noticing from a technical pattern, dollars in what is called a rise wedge pattern. Typically, this is associated with a bearish move, but we'll be watching this pretty closely in the weeks ahead. So what about for this livestock producer that's watching these grain prices? What are some thoughts and patterns that they need to keep an eye out to try to have some profitability, especially after some of the uh, struggles that we've seen the last couple of days? Though today we saw some positive finishes for the most part on the cattle. Yeah, from fats to feeders, uh, a good solid day. We're well off the highs. I wish we could finish up uh, in, in the lower or in the upper third of today's range. We we're unable to do so. But, you know, it'd be really nice if the power would just maybe open the wall a little bit, you know. I mean, the, 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 we've been stuck at these cash prices here 
for a while, and they're really not moving. So to me, it, one of the two things are going to have to happen. The futures are going to have to come down and meet cash, or cash is going to meet the board here. And to me, I still think the demand is there. I think a lot of people are looking at the nicer weather that we're going to get here coming up here this spring, and they're, you know, they've been tied down for the last year. I think people are just going to go out. They're going to enjoy uh, a lot of a lot of meat eating this, this summer, I hopefully, knock on wood. And so I think the demand picture for cattle are going to be there. You take a look at the weights. I think there's a lot of positivity in cattle. Best way to have this discussion, obviously, is picking up the phone and talking to you. So having said that, what's the best way for folks to reach you? They can reach me at 312-858-3668. And, of course, they can follow you on Twitter. Give your Twitter information once again, Darren. Yep, that's DDF Alpha. All right, check it out. That is the Fontenelle final bell for today. Commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle final bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast, ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe and Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network.